Kazkeds, am I right? Wow. Ah, oh, jeez. Another regularly scheduled program of Kazkeds every other week like it always is. I'm not going to apologize. Oh, those episodes. If you hadn't heard them, you missed a lot. You know what? If it's not on your feed, if it looks like we've been gone for a few weeks, that's on you. <laughs> it's on the, your feed, not, not it's you. It's on your feed. We can't blame you, oh, avid listener. Oh, avid listener. <laughs> We pray to you like the gods of old. So, welcome to Caskets. And full disclosure, we are late. We know. I, I wasn't going <laughs> to mention it. I was just going to skirt around. That. We humbly apologize to you, well, oh listeners. You had a chest infection, to be fair. I had a chest infection. Um, I was dealing with a lot of issues from doing numerous amounts of sports. Never be healthy. Uh, not to mention the fact that you're back at work now. I so am back at work. Yeah. Woo! Yep. Back at work. Um, so that's exciting. And also, as you'll find out in this episode, time's weird. Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey, I believe, as a great philosopher, Doctor Who, once said. Did he? <laughs> I think it's Doctor Who that says wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. I thought it was in Rick and Morty when they. I'm not sure. For some strange reason, I thought it was like when they get stopped by the temporal police. No, I'm sure it's like the David Tennant era. It could be. I don't know. Like, it rings a bell, but I can't say what. Either way, time isn't real. So technically, we're both late and on time, as always. So, back to my intro. Welcome to Kathkeds. It's a new day, a new dawn, a new tomorrow, a new yesterday. This is the podcast for whiskey. They're in bottles. About whiskey. They're also in bottles. I'm Luke, this is my co-host Jordan, he's the one with all the facts, and I'm the one with all the information about non-facts. Take it away, what are we talking about today? We're talking about... Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> we are talking about, wait for it, Campbelltown. Whoa! And it's not a town where Bruce Campbell lives, as much as when I was uh, slightly younger. Not much younger, I admit, really wished it was just a, a town full of Bruce Campbells. With the glorious like, chin. Like cloned Bruce Campbell's? Oh, or yeah. like a Bruce Campbell cult? Or like... No, 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 no. Like genuinely, Bruce Campbell settled there. And like with a cloning machine. Oh, okay. And this then... is before he also got the gene splicing machine where he got uh, a sheepdog and a melon. And he and, created the and melancholy. All the... <laughs> I need, I need <laughs> to bring that back. It's, it's not that good. Yep. Yeah. So, Campbelltown. Area in Scotland, in fact, it is actually a whiskey-making region of itself, as we've discussed before. So, the whiskey-making regions of Scotland, you have... Uh, Speyside is the very big one, where you have places like Glenlivet, Glenfiddich. Um, you also have things like Glenallochy, which I know we've talked about um, in the last episode, all those normal amount of time ago. I don't discuss my process. <laughs> um, you have the Highlands, so like I said, Glen Turret. Uh, Tully Bardeen is a lovely Highland, which we might even talk about soon, uh, another time. Dalmore, which we've talked about. Tamatin, all lovely Highland whiskies. You have the Islands. What things. about Tamdui? Tamdu is a space item. Uh, the, you have the islands, so things like Talisker, Arran, um, Scapper, Highland Park. Uh, that one always confused me at the start. Why is Highland Park in the islands and not the Highland region? Well, you know, they were like, let's mix it up. Let's be a little fancy. Let's throw some jazz in there. You have the lowlands, so you've got things like uh, Glen Kinchy, um, Loch Lomond. You've got... Um, 
Ales of Bay. Uh, there's quite a few in the lowlands, actually. They've, they've started to really get a few more distilleries there. It's quite good. So what you're telling me is these places have a lot of places in them. Well, we're getting to that in a moment. You also have Isla, which is, of course, the wonderful island on its own that is its own region where you get Ardbeg, Lafroig, Lagavulin, Kilhoman, Brookladdie, so, Kalila. Either way, places have places. You know, too long didn't read. There's places and places. <laughs> but yeah. The reason why I'm going through the regions, actually, was because um, Campbelltown, it's actually located on the Mullock Tyre, which is on the western coast of Scotland. Uh, it's quite far down on the western coast. It is a region all to itself because Campbelltown has had a long history in the production and distribution of Scotch whisky over the years. Whoa. Um, yeah, they uh, at one point there was 31 distilleries, I think. I don't know why you look to me like... I'm, I'm just answer. trying to remember the figure. It's th- 31 I've got in my head anyway. And, th- I mean, when you think that this is a town and they have 31 distilleries, that's an amazing amount. You know what? Some might say it's more than three. Some might say that, yes. Um, you know what I'm going to say? It's more than three. I it's there. interesting that you said three, because now there are only three distilleries in Campbelltown. Okay, that was like a crazy random half and says I genuinely hadn't <laughs> read your notes or anything. Are you serious? Yeah, there's three distilleries in Campbelltown now. Wow. That uh, is some, have... like, some, some, uh, uh, now you see me placing a <laughs> number around situation. That's why there's all those playing cards around with the number yeah. three. <laughs> oh, that makes sense Suck now. It. <laughs> and I'm wearing the t-shirt that says three. I wonder why the bathroom mirror just said three at me. Yes, for the, that's why I was so delayed. I've been subtly wiring the number three into your head. Yeah, yeah, it checks out. <laughs> it was all for this bit. That's why we're late, everyone. I, uh, <laughs> I don't think my mind can be conditioned like that because I don't think I'd remember the number. <laughs> That's the problem. Uh, well, there's only three to remember, you know. My ADHD is too strong for conditioning. <laughs> but yeah, Campbelltown at its height, it had everything going for it. It had the fertile land uh, of Kentire for growing the barley. Uh, there was a very big coal mining industry in the area as well, so you had that wonderful fuel source. And also they had an amazingly suited uh, natural harbour, very nice deep harbour at Campbelltown, um, which is great for obviously shipping because actually when you look at where Campbelltown's located, it is very, very remote from any of the big cities really. Uh, but with, with shipping, and especially when you're talking like the Victorian times where you had the steamships coming in and things like that, where you could really, really improve the uh, delivery times of things. Well, the old timely times. Oh, yeah. Victorian area. Euros. <laughs> <Ew. laughs> so with these with these wonderful kind of um, steps up in production and things, the, Campbelltown was wonderfully located. They, they had Ireland nearby for the influx of distillers. Victorian era, famous for, you know, poisoning themselves repeatedly. Because <laughs> obviously uh, that was when things were going between, um, you know, three different people to like make something, uh, source the ingredients and sell it and all that stuff. It was fam- They famously added chalk and, like, probably cyanide to things because it's the Victorians and they're crazy. Wh- was whiskey... Because reg- that was when food regulation just first started being put in, basically, when it was proven how much, like, plaster of Paris was in bread. I wish You've got to bind it together. <laughs> um... So what was whiskey regulated or well 
As you I know well we have know. strong laws now. As you well but know. But the Victorian times were sketchy with what they put in things. When was the distilling license first placed in? Uh, 1984. 1823. Uh. And the way you remember that is this handy tube of Glendronic has 1826 right there. And it's just three years before. The rule of three comes through again. <gasps> it's everywhere. I'm just going to name this episode three. <laughs> the description will be three. <laughs> Uh, yeah, 1823 is when the distilling licenses first came in. And um, it's worth mentioning, over the years, lots of different steps happened. Now, uh, I have to admit, I'm not 100% sure during the Victorian times which rules would have come in, but quite possibly. Um, because they, they were, like, they were sketchy. I mean, why was it they used to put in, like, milk for babies? Lead. <laughs> no, that was what they put on their skin. Don't be ridiculous. No, like, okay. just stop it spoiling. They put, like, a poisonous alkaline in there, I think. Um, yeah. The bleach? <laughs> and it, yeah, it just, it just... Victorians. Um... I wouldn't be surprised if it would be... Checks out. So, as I was saying, you had the wonderful natural harbour, you had uh, the fuel source from the coal mining, you had the, the fertile land for growing barley, the proximity to Ireland meant they had a lot of distillers, because you remember distilling probably came to Scotland from Ireland, they think, with the, with the uh, oldest records. It was really well suited, not to mention the fact that it's on the West Coast, so... Although you've got shipping to places like uh, Glasgow and stuff for the selling, you've also, you're on the right side to sell to America and stuff like that. <gasps> the Americas. So, yeah, they, they had a wonderful placed area, and that's why it was thriving. The famous whiskey author, Alfred Barnard, sorry, Alfred Barnard, uh, visited Campbelltown in his journey to record the whiskey distilleries of the United Kingdom, which is... I'm very stuck on barnyard animals now. This hefty book here. Whoa. Now, this is a, a far <laughs> newer release. This actually got several of his releases in, but... On the back is a picture of Alfred Barnard. I mean, look at that moustache. Gosh, he looks like he speaks in such a manner. His hat is a little too small for his head, but the glasses really sell it. Yeah, but it's the j slightly jaunty angle of the hat that makes it for me. I know, like, yeah, he fancy. I'm going to pick a random page and read a random sentence. And you have to guess who wrote it. I think I know who wrote it. Between four and five hundred years... And the company have taken... Well, this is just the middle of it. I'm going to start a new one. I think it's Lee Child. Mmm. You are correct. Tolkien. Um, but going back on topic, when he visited um, Campbelltown during his journey, uh, he actually visited 21 distilleries. Wow. So, like I say, there's the figure of 31, and I think that might apply to some illicit distilleries as well, whereas he visited 21 uh, official distilleries, and um, this was just before Campbelltown started to have its really big decline. It's not an old-timey tome. It is. It's a tome. Yeah, I do kind of treat myself to that book. Is it, like, under the dust cover? But you don't know where I got it from. Um, the internet? <laughs> no, it's by the fact that, like, you moved the bookmark. I was going to say, but you don't know where I got it from. Because <laughs> they always give you bookmarks. In, unlike oh, Blackwell. A, well, I wasn't going to actually say, but... <laughs> um... Because we don't have that sponsorship. Although, if Black Wolves wants to sponsor us. You know what would be great? If we were sponsored by three, the mobile phone company for this episode. <gasps> we're on three. <gasps> it all comes back. <laughs> we are. <laughs> three, if you're out there and listening, sponsor me. So when you think that 21 distilleries in Campbelltown, and Isla at the moment has 10, and people are worried about how many more distilleries they can get on the island of Isla, you have to just think the sheer amount that was going on in that town. Yeah, that was busy. But what I was going to say is, unfortunately, circumstances over the years would mean that eventually there would only be three distilleries we have today. Up until then, not too long ago, actually, um, there was only two. Whoa! Mixing it up on the numbers. 
We're basically in a math lesson. Yeah, so some of the problems that you had, um, as we've mentioned before with other things, you had World War One. This was a big problem because obviously you had to shut production down. Oh, that little thing. World War One, which uh, a lot of distilleries had to shut down production entirely, uh, sometimes to make industrial-grade alcohol for the war effort. Then after World War One, you have Prohibition in the US, which I know we've covered before. We have. Big, big market closed down all of a sudden. Uh, and one of the final nails in the coffin of the uh, region was the uh, the changing taste of whiskey drinkers. Um, they, As we said before, they shifted away from the heavier, oily styles uh, that they wanted in the blends. And they wanted far more lighter, refined versions. And because Campbelltown... It, has this often when you when you read the reviews now they call I, I love it when you read it because they'll say and it has that classic Campbelltown funk. Ooh, you can't describe Campbelltown funk until you've tasted it, <laughs> and it it does. It, it's this style that, although it was it was very prevalent at that time, when when the taste changed, it was no longer required in so much quantities, and so distilleries they found themselves with excess alcohol. They started to um, a lot of them, I should say, not all of them in Campbelltown, but a lot of them started to cut corners. Uh, they lowered their quality, which in the end made their whiskey even less desirable, so that people were buying even less of it, and it became a very nasty kind of knock-on effect. And so a lot of these distilleries closed down until eventually you had Springbank and Glen Scotia. Both of these at some point closed down, but through to just how the market was, they had to shut the doors. They didn't they kind of temporarily closed. They never actually shut down completely. I was going to say Springbank is a one that I know. Yeah, um, Springbank. You don't have to go through all your 112 <laughs> bottles. I don't have to. I can just point directly to it. Oh, the S one. Yeah, the S one. The, the one with the Slytherin um, yeah, yeah, badge, yeah, yeah. as you keep calling it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Glen Scotia is a wonderful distillery as well, don't get me wrong. The problem is, in the early 2000s, the uh, the SWA, the Scotch Whiskey Association, they considered declassifying Campbelltown as region. If there were only two distilleries, the question was, was this enough to constitute as their own separate region now? Mm. And uh, Headley Wright, the owner of Springbank, who is a direct descendant of the original owners of Springbank, I might add. Well, I can trace my lineage back. Springbank is a very special distillery, which uh, we will do a special Springbank one later on. Have we already done a Springbank? No, we haven't, actually. There's so much to talk about Springbank. It's a wonderful distillery. Wow. Um, I mean, we'll cover some of Springbank today, but I think we will have to go back to Springbank later on in season two, because... Is this the end of season one? This is not the end. This is the penultimate episode of season one, because next episode... Oh, my gosh. We're going to do an award ceremony episode. I can... That's going to be such a cliffhanger. And then, oh, and that bit with the, whoa, no way. We're going to have an award ceremony episode for the whiskies of this season, and then we're on to season two. Season two, Electric Boogaloo. Right? No, I think we already did Electric Boogaloo for one of the episodes. We can't do that for a I'm season. I'm pretty sure we did, yeah. <laughs> this episode um, is going to be called three, though. So, yeah. <laughs> three, the end of season one. Three. <laughs> The yeah. penultimate episode of season one. <laughs> what is it, like, episode 20? Half of the time, 25% of the people think that this is... <laughs> episode 23, the penultimate episode of season one. Be like... I think we passed episode 20, aren't we? I don't know. It's 21. Just... Episode 20 was the last one. Whoa. Glenn Alakish, am I right? <laughs> um, I but yes. keep track of my witty so, puns. The SWA were considering declassifying uh, Campbelltown as a region. And Headley Wright, the owner of Springbank asked if if they had three distilleries, would this be enough to maintain the status of the region? Because at the time, there were only three distilleries in the lowlands. And, and so anyway, the SWA, they, they agreed and they said, yep, three is enough. So Headley Wright basically went out and bought a brand new, uh, bought uh, the site of the old Glengyle distillery, which is just around the back of uh, Springbank, actually, as it turns out. It also turns out that one of his relatives, old relatives that... Um, 
like generations ago, actually worked at that distillery. So it was a nice little tie-in for the family as well. And so they, they bought Glengyle, and by 2004, they actually released the... Uh, sorry, by 2004, they actually begun distilling at the distillery. They had to work on it a lot. Yeah, and he, he bought Glengyle Distillery. Um, and it took them four years to get it set up because, like I said, there's a lot of costs involved in setting up a distillery. They basically bought the building, but nothing else. And now you can get the 12-year-old as a regular... The, available. the problem with setting up a new distillery is you have to, like, you know, find good sources for cast goblins and, you know, yeah, because... And now that they've unionised, yeah, it's a Yeah, it, it's a... It, you know, it's good because it there was a lot of problems with cast goblin rights at one point. There's a, a whole article about it. I'll link it in the description once I write it. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like... Introducing new cast goblins to an unknown space is quite worrying. You know, you gotta like l- l- nurture them in, put some like little little. You can't let them outside for two weeks until yeah. they've got the scent yeah. of the place and they know where to return to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you just gotta. Oh, is there a cast goblin over there? I don't see it. You know, maybe they're just exploring. You gotta just just make sure they're all right in the corner of your eye, but don't look at them. Just, they're quite skittish at the start, but eventually, with enough like time and patience, just. Put a little, little bit of cask on your hand and they'll come up to you. Cask? Do you mean wood? I'm curious now. No, just a little <laughs> bit of cask. Like cask goblins. So you're going to take, like, just bark from outside. Well, that was a diversion. Uh, yes, so Glengyle Distillery up and running. They now regularly release a 12-year-old, which is very, very nice. What they do is actually they get the malting done at Springbank, which, like I say, is just kind of next door to them. But everything else is actually done on site at, um, at Glengyle. But it's, it's quite important because Springbank do their own maltings, which is something that many distilleries don't do. In fact, I, I think there's only a handful of distilleries that even do it now. Um, uh, plot twist. And I think Springbank's certainly the only one that malts all their barley themselves. Uh, because it's a phenomenally cost-intensive kind of process. Um, but Springbank are determined to keep everything in-house as much as possible. Um, but yeah, now... If you go to buy Glengyle whiskey, you'll be very confused because on the label it will say Kilcarran. <gasps> what? Now, the the distillery is called Glengyle. However, the whiskey is sold under the brand Kilcarran because somebody else actually owns the label rights and the branding rights rather to uh, to Glengyle whiskey, but not the distillery itself. Uh, it all gets very complicated. It's like copywriting a colour so no one else can use it. We all know. Well, what we're about. it also reportedly came down to the fact that the people who own the brand asked a lot of money for the label, and um, there there are there are um, reports that it came to as much as if not more than it cost to you know, buy the distillery. So they decide not to because they don't actually need to bottle it under that name. And so it's called Kilcarran, and that's why. I love it when stuff like that happens and it just absolutely backfires. They're like, nah, we good, though. <laughs> it was basically like, you have to use the label. It's like, no, we don't. There's no actual law that says you have to do that. So, yeah, they... If you look on a bottle, it will say Kilcarran whiskey from the Glengyle Distillery. And, yeah, it gets a little confusing, but it's as simple as that. Now, to make matters even more confusing if you want to buy Campbelltown whiskey, if you go into a reputable whiskey shop and you look at the Campbelltown area of the shelf, maybe not at the moment with everything with the, uh, the pandemic going on, the stocks are very hard to find at the moment, but you will quite possibly see Kilcarran whiskey, Glen Scotia whiskey, Springbank whiskey, Hazelburn whiskey, and Longro whiskey. You know, a lot of people say branding is important. And these people <laughs> clearly said no. The thing is, Springbank Distillery 
they actually do three different styles of whiskey. If it's called Springbank, it is distilled two and a half times because, okay. <laughs> well, normally you get double distilled and occasionally triple distilled whiskey, but no, they distill two and a half times. I like it precise. Because they never actually empty the still fully. So they reckon that that final bit gets distilled an extra half a time. And that is how you get this two and a half time distilled. It's also petered between 12 and 15 parts per million and is usually matured in a combination of American and cherry oak casks. If it's called Hazelburn, they don't peat the barley. However, a little bit of trace amount of peat will come from the stills. It is triple distilled, like you get in the Irish style, very light. And it is matured usually in American oak casks, or occasionally um, they use Oloroso sherry casks for special releases. And if it's called Longro, it is heavily peated to about 30, 35 parts per million. Mature in American oak casks, and it's only two times distilled. And all three are from the same distillery. Uh, if you look at the packaging side by side, it looks very similar. It's just different labels and different names. And Hazelburn and Longro are both distilleries that closed down. And so they kept a little bit of the Campbelltown heritage and they created these two separate whiskies as well. Finally, um, Glen Scotia, which is the third distillery, um, they keep things a little bit simpler in comparison, I won't lie. Although they too have a wonderful range of whiskies to offer, they really do. Uh, one of my favourites is actually a no-age statement whisky, which uses ex-American casks and uh, ex-Pedro Jimenez sherry casks. Ooh, I know that word. That one's called Glen Scotia Double Cask. It's a no-age statement whiskey, but it is a wonderful one to try. So you have Glen Scotia Double Cask, you have the 15-year-old, which has a lot more sherry cask influence to it, and that's lovely, rich, and spicy whiskey, actually, and a great age to it. Um, you also have the 18-year-old, which is spectacular special treat kind of whiskey, and they've done a 25-year-old release, um, uh, as well as special releases that they do across the years. Uh, usually for the Cameltown Festival, each distillery will do special releases as well. But the whiskey we want to talk about today is from the Glengyle Distillery, and it's a special release I was fortunate enough to get for my birthday uh, a few years ago, and it is a triple distilled version that they created as a trial batch. As I said, this is a temporal episode, so you will actually find out in a moment that we recorded this the night before, because as we discuss, it's 61.1% ABV. Why do you admit these things? <laughs> no one no one would have known. <laughs> like, we cover... We, um, so yeah, we will now cut to a smooth transition jump cut uh, to what we recorded last star night star transition this actual whiskey that I've got was a special release they did it was uh, an experiment into how Glengyle whiskey tastes triple distilled because as I will bring up Springbank Distillery actually does a triple distilled release and since Springbank own Glengyle they wanted to see how their whiskey tried in this uh, how this whiskey tasted in this similar style uh, the traditional Kilcarran 12 is actually um, rather different to this. This is a, it's a rather nice kind of special release. Um, and I actually treated myself to it for my birthday. So this is a special release that they did. It's a 13-year-old, which also I thought was a really fun number. For um, those who might not know, 13-year-old means it's 13 years old. Just a little... Uh... Little tidbit for you there. <laughs> um, because it's triple distilled, and I've told you this before, um, the more you oh, distill, the stronger it gets. Triple distilled means it's uh, been distilled three times. Just a little tidbit there yep, for you. Yeah, well done. Uh, it's actually bottled at cask strength, which is 61.1% ABV, which is why I'm not doing this at 9am in the morning when we're recording the rest of the I episode. I like the 0.1% because it's just like... That so was a really On the colour, it's actually a really nice light colour. It's entirely American oak cask matured, ex-bourbon casks. Really lovely vanilla-y note. And uh, I mean, the colour is very light gold. It really is. It's, it's rather different, actually, to the standard 12-year-old. The 12-year-old's got a lot more kind of dark colour to it. Well, you know, all the glitters is gold. Now, what do you uh, what do you smell? We've got. That's one of my favourite ones. That smells nice. That's... I'm not repulsed. Hello? Headley Wright, yes. It smells nice, don't worry. Okay, thank you. Yeah, we, we can send a case down here. Okay, bye. Let me... Come on, let me try, let me try, let me try. I think this is the most you've actually ever, like, nosed a whiskey before. It's very light and delicate. The colour orange in a white mug. 
<laughs> We're off colours. That was last time. <laughs> but what I wanted that to one point out... I, I don't mind that smell. Now, what I wanted to point out is you really had your nose quite in the glass at one point, which is how I nose whiskies a lot, I know. But this is 61.1% ABV, and I think you'll agree, you didn't get that kind of like, you know, you know what really alcoholy things sometimes you feel like really hitting the nose, don't you? The war wound stuff. <laughs> the war wound stuff, yeah. And... Like you, that's one of the reasons why I love this. It doesn't feel that strong. It's dangerous. Mm, yeah, genuinely, I didn't. That didn't make me think I was downing a bottle of absinthe and just letting the night go wild. Not that you have that exact context. <laughs> I, I, ah, yes, we call that a Tuesday. I don't think anyone can down a bottle of absinthe. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean. There is still a, a little bit of a, a strength to it, as there will be with it, with any alcohol, but I can't get over how light and delicate this whiskey is. I can't get a distinct smell out of it, though. Like, it doesn't smell... It's very florally, I will say that. It's, it's not. It is. Um... As an owner of plants and floral shirts... And in, in the scale of things, it's very florally. There's a little bit of grassiness, but not a lot. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, Now that you've said that, let me smell it again. Let me smell it again. Okay, do you remember back in the day when there was those three air fresheners? It was like, I, I think it was Febreze that did them. You plugged them into the wall and it did three different scents. No, I don't remember that, actually. Okay, I, I used to have one, but... It was like... It was never plugged in. <laughs> no, no, it was plugged in. I forgot about it and stuff got piled on top. It smells like the stuff got piled on top after like three months when I pulled it back and found it. And I was like, oh, that's a lot of mixture of perfume. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, it almost has that perfumey quality yeah, to it. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see where you're going with that. Yes. Yeah, it was a long walk down a shop here, but it, I, I'm glad I took you on that journey with me. And, I mean, there is. There's that lovely kind of vanilla hint you're getting from the cask influence. But no, you know what? If I was to give it a description, I'd say, like, a light sponge cake it's, on a summer's day. It's definitely not vanilla Outside bean. in the garden. And so, lovely. It's very, very different to the 12-year-old. Not that I have a problem with the 12-year-old. Trust me, I love it. But I think this is just such a, a special unusual whiskey. I don't know I have a soft spot for it because, like I say, I treated myself to it for my birthday. Now, this is why I don't drink this neat usually, but... For the tasting God, section. You sound like you're dying. <laughs> when you drink it neat, I have to say, you feel that alcohol coming. Oh, like, really? on, yeah. Um, it, it, you can tell it's unchill filtered. It's still got that lovely feel to it. All, all the natural oils in there. It really does coat your mouth. It's almost a, a little bit buttery, actually. You don't like butter. It is one that really does benefit from a drop of water. And like I say, when you're over 60%, it is a lot of alcohol in there. More than half, some would say. Yes, pro tip, if you add too much water, you just add a little bit more whiskey to counterbalance that. It's a scientific, and then you can add too much whiskey and have to add a bit more water to take that edge off. If you add too much water, you've added too much water. Now, as soon as you do add the water to it, you can really lower that alcohol without removing too much of the flavour. Now, it's... I will say, because it is a light whiskey, it is a delicate balancing act, as I've just shown. It's on a tight rope with, like, a, <laughs> a pole, and it's like, ooh. Now, it really does have this... That, that vanilla is very present, as is that floral side, as I said. But when that alcohol goes, you do get a lovely sweetness to it as well. It is a lovely summer whiskey. Uh, I'd put this up with things like... I was on about the, the Tullamore Dew and the Antiquary, uh, which are lovely summer whiskeys when it's nice and warm and you don't want anything heavy. This one is an excellent single malt for uh, summer whiskeys and things like that. But again, triple distilled, lighter spirit. Now, you do also find a little bit of a citrusiness, almost a lemony kind of side to it. It's not overpowering, but there's just a little bit of a faint side. And one of the things I will say is there's barely any spice to this. Not a lot of, um, like, oaky contact uh, on, on the finish, which a lot of whiskies you tend to get. It really is a lovely, light single malt to try. Hopefully, they will be doing more triple, triple distilled releases, because, like I say, this was a test batch, and I think it was very well received. So, hopefully, it will be one that you see in the future. Wow, that was a really informative tasting. You know that bit with the thing 
when I said that thing and then you said a thing. Wild. It was. And you actually enjoyed the whiskey nosing. No. I said, it doesn't make me want to die. I seem to remember you were quite... It, uh, like, genuinely, out of all the ones I smell, that one smells the best. Well, hang on, hang on. We have the awards ceremony next yeah. episode. So let's just hold. Let's let's not tip the balance too much, okay, you know. Like, we are now on to five things you've learned. Oh. <laughs> I'm just going to minimise this. There were only two distilleries, and then there were three, but there were originally 35. 81. It was in the Victorian times they put chalk in things. Absolute troopers that they are. One place had three distilleries and they were like, well, can we have three distilleries? I'll allow that one, that's two. And they were like, "Mm, okay. Because the people with the three distilleries were fancy people. They had top hats. They kill Karen, have a different name because of copyright issues in which they didn't want to pay. For the name. So it's not they, so much copyright issues, but it's the rights to uh, label, own the label. So they have it on Kilgaren. I'm counting that as a fact. I will allow that. So um, I'm on seven now. Whilst you're talking about Kilgaren, the image on the bottle is a, a drawing of what you see through the window in the distillery. I think I'm on four. I think one more. Okay, one more, one more, one And don't more. just go with that picture's hand-drawn. That <laughs> <One> picture? <laughs> Isla is an island. How about we go for facts about Campbelltown? Campbelltown. You thought it was a town of Bruce Campbell. <laughs> no, I hoped. I didn't think. I hoped. There's a difference. Lips. Oh, there's a song about Campbelltown Lock, How I Wish You Were Whiskey. The weather is here, I wish you were whiskey. <laughs> no. Um, also, Campbelltown Lock got so heavily polluted at one point, it became a really uh, bad ecological kind of hazard. <laughs> wow. Ooh, steamboat. Ooh, ooh. Steamboats made it easier, but also... Uh, World War One affected it, and because people no longer liked oily whiskey. Fine, I will let that slide. Uh, yeah, okay, you, you've scraped through. Um, ah, if, if this was like squeezing into a car park. I was going to say more like, you know, if you were rollerblading, you would have scuffed your knees a little bit. You'd have forgotten your knee... You've got the elbow pads, but you've forgotten the knee pads, <sighs> and yeah, you got a little bit of scuff on them. I always do, always do. <laughs> <laughs> Penultimate episode of season one, what can I say? Wow, I can't wait for the... Awards ceremony we're going to have for the final episode of season one. The season finale closing episode award ceremony. So for a second there you were like, what comes after penultimate? <laughs> Ultimate? Um, <laughs> pen? Pyro? <laughs> um, throughout this entire episode, we've snuck a hidden number. <laughs> yeah, in. can you guess the hidden number? Which will actually reveal a set of coordinates. <gasps> I'm just kidding. We couldn't think that far ahead. No. Nor did we want to. This has been Cascats. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, you can rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. Google Play. Google wow, name dropping much? Apple Podcasts, as it's actually called, not iTunes. I still have iTunes. I refuse to go for Apple Podcasts and Apple Music. I stick with the iTunes. I'd like to thank Adrian and Allison of the Wee Drum Whiskey Shop in Bakel. You can visit the shop if it is safe and responsible for you to do so. Or you can visit the website weedram.co.uk. They are wonderful people and have an excellent range of whiskeys available. As usual, we will leave you with one editing goof. I imagine it's going to be the Star Wars (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Bye. So we... Well, I I didn't really want to taste whiskey at like 9am. Coward. Well... Hey, it's Not five o'clock somewhere. You see the strength of that one. At the bottom. Kick around. Triple.
Just below triple. Oh, 61.1. Yeah. Um, we are trying... Get Baron. Kill Karen. Yeah, we're trying Kill Karen whiskey, which is, as you <laughs> will find out... anyone's cat. <laughs> we're trying Kill Karen whiskey, which, as you will find out... Luke. 